0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, Michael Rowe here on a beautiful Friday. Games at Work Biz time with my friend Michael Martin, and we're missing our friend and co-host also Andy Piper, who is in a different time zone. And by time zone, I mean you know spring forward, fall back time zone.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we changed our time, and uh, the folks in the UK did not change theirs. So we are a victim.
0: <laughs> but yet again say la vie. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be all back together next week and having a good time but Michael we have an incredible show this week and why don't you take us down the path
1: yeah it's going to be a lot of fun uh, we have all kinds of uh, augmented reality virtual reality augmented augmented yeah exactly we still miss pirate day I can't believe I that um, so let, let's get started. There's a couple of tweets that are are worth looking at. So f- welcome again to your audio podcast. We'll let's we'll refer you to something visual, but that's what augmented reality is and does. Um, Francesco Ronconi, oh no, not Francesco Franco Ronconi. Franco um yes. oftentimes share some intriguing little videos and this one caught my eye uh, <laughs> so to speak because it envisions uh gosh when did we talk about this last a contact lens that would oh, allow for augmented many reality times yeah at least once or twice and um um granted uh The miniaturization should probably, you know, come here again over time. I'm not sure that I would want to do this because I don't like the idea of putting anything in my eyes other than drops when I really, really have bad allergies. But... Um, the notion here is that these contact lenses will have batteries, will have ways of experiencing the world, and then superimpose on the world a whole bunch of things, showing some killer app concepts around augmented reality, such as the ability to translate, the ability to wayfind, the ability to recognize people and uh, kind of put a business card up of who they are and what they do. So um, the one the one that really caught me, though, was... A, given this week being a big basketball week is helping people with their shot so that you can get the arc right as you're aiming for the basket which i thought was really quite clever
0: yeah i i I was fascinated by this um and what really got me is how close are we towards the level of miniaturization required uh including the battery tech that is mm-hmm. necessary to power something uh, that small and in your eyes. For you'd have to imagine all-day use, right? You're, oh, yeah. you're not going to be, you know, shoving things into your eyes for a 15-minute use, right? That 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 would be great from a tech demo perspective, but practicality would be horrible. The other interesting aspect of this, which I think is the more creepy factor is the fact that as a person on the other side of that lens, you don't know they're wearing them. I mean, they just look like the colored contact lenses that give people different colored irises, right? Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. And so if you made them roughly the same color as your regular iris, people would not know that you are running full-on augmented reality overlays in real time all day around you.
1: Uh, Unless... Unless. Unless. You, were, unless you were wearing your own contact lenses with augmented reality that could and detect had like a Bluetooth whether somebody handshake? else's, someone was wearing them, <laughs> and they'd be like, their eyes would glow green, and you'd be like, oh, those people. <laughs> and if it was yesterday, they could glow green, because it had been St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah. Or you could set everybody's eyes to glow green if you wanted to, all right? There's right, all kinds right. of configurations. No, but,
0: but, you know, that, that was the one aspect that really hit me. It's like... The, the the creepy factor that people were already getting with glasses yeah. with AR overlay that were not that were actively trying to be non-obtrusive also causes the fact that then you don't know that you're being watched because for AR glasses to really work well, right? Mm-hmm. They need to look outwards as well as inwards. Yeah. And so as you say, the re- video recording at all times aspect, things of that nature are where the creepy factor come in. Mm-hmm. But I do think the use cases that they show, and they're they're the same use cases that you see for the most part with every other AR glasses, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the ability to do a business card, the ability to get additional contextual information about the world around you, et cetera. Uh, those are all great use cases. They really are. Um The basketball one, I I get it, but I don't get it, right? Just because I can see the arc that I need to make with my shot doesn't mean that my hands are going to throw that ball along that same arc.
1: (laughs) No, but for training purposes, certainly, right? You know, for practice purposes, and there are other apps that exist today that can help you practice your shot. You know, and it could could be for golf, it could be for a range of things. that's where I thought, hey, that's kind of neat because that gives you that instant visual um, feedback loop because if your shot is tracking off of it, like, oh, you're always short or you're left um, or it's too hard or the ball rotation is wrong, you could do some interesting things with that and then use that for training purposes.
0: I'm trying to remember uh, the basketball app that was awarded at wwdc uh uh, one of the awards for you know cool apps right it was in 2019 and home court
1: yeah home court i was just looking for it because i've got it on
0: my my oh phone so, here so, too. so 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 you 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 bought that one cool yeah that was that was one of the design award winning apps from 2019. Uh, I remember when they were demonstrating it at WWDC because uh, I was I was lucky enough that year to actually go to WWDC and it it really was pretty amazing uh, and it did that without any type of AR overlay while you are playing, but the cameras on the phones were used for other stuff. So um, it was was pretty cool from that perspective. And again, common cool use cases, the cool part to me here is the fact that it is a contact lens, is the fact that you can't tell, and then I immediately go to the inverse saying, that's creepy. (laughs) Well, and
1: not only is it creepy, it potentially provides a... um, a bonus, a benefit. So the, the next tweet we have is around using augmented reality for improving your card game. So yeah. if you're if you're you know having a friendly set of wagers with friends to playing some poker or something, um you could have your computer and your augmented reality tell you when to hit and when to fold. Uh, or when to walk, walk or when, away to run, and right? when to
0: run, right? Run, yes, <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so um, uh, t- to me, that's another interesting example there of uh, gambling, allowing, allowing or not allowing an unfair or fair leveling the playing field advantage depends on your point of view, right? Uh, for all that kind of good stuff. Um,
0: yeah, I'm w- I'm I'm reading a book right now, and I'm trying to remember the the title of it. Uh, oh God, endurance uh mm-hmm. it's uh uh the astronaut uh kelly mark kelly the twin astronauts right yeah. uh the one who stayed a year in space at the space station while his brother stayed on ground so they could do a a comparative study on the effects the long-term effects of, of human space uh huh right cuz it's not just microgravity you know it's solar radiation it's all kinds of things um and One of the stories in there as he's taking you through his year in space, he goes back and he remembers, you know, how he got into the space program, blah, 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 blah. And and one of them was a psychological test uh, when he took over as the head of the U.S. contingent at the Russian um, space star port, or what do they call it? I can't remember. Star City. Um, And the Russians made him take a Russian... um, personality test, right? Psychological profile test, even though he already take, took one for the U.S. Uh, and one of the tests is, he's sitting across from uh, the test giver, and he's given a watch, and he's told to hit start and stop on the stopwatch without looking at it for five seconds, then 10, then 30, then one minute, etc to see how good he has a sense of time. at least, And that's a personality test? Part of the personality test, yes. Um, now, he realized that the guy sitting across, he could see the guy's watch. And so he did it, and at the end, the guy's like, wow, that was amazing, that is the best I've ever seen anyone do it. And of course, he didn't tell him he could see his watch. Of course and not. Then After that, he couldn't see the guy's watch anymore. And he goes, I wonder if the test was actually, would you cheat? Right? Because he could cheat. He could see the watch. And if you did, would you admit to it? And he's like, you know, is it cheating if you're taking advantage of the situation that's provided to you? Uh, And that goes to your card game of doing some gambling if you've got an overhead and you know the odds. I mean, some people know those odds only because they can calculate them in real time mentally others it's just he just knows the odds it's not reading cards right it's it's not counting cards it's looking at the cards what's in your hand and what's on the table and calculating the odds that you can win so well is it cheating?
1: counting cards is considered cheating and that is a mechanism for sorting out you know what your odds are because it's hard to memorize the entire deck and what is where and the folks over at MIT actually did some really intriguing work on that some years ago, and made a lot of money, and then stopped uh, doing it. So, yes. but um, how
0: is it cheating if you naturally do that, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, hey, it's hey, a good question, you know, Captain Kirk. Come on. <laughs>
1: So um, lots more to get through and we may not um, just because these are what great conversations are there. So uh, we have a couple of articles too, that talk about virtual reality and some of the interesting things that are happening in this space too. And while we don't have access behind the paywall for the full article, um, there is enough of it that you can go things that make you go, Hmm. Um, There's a notion about how you can use touch and, chemicals on the skin to feel what it might feel like in a particular virtual reality environment. So the notion here is that menthol has a cooling factor to it. So if Mm -hmm. you're in a virtual environment that is particularly icy, um, you could have now a more immersive experience by having some menthol applied to your skin, which could then, in combination with what you're seeing and what you're feeling, have a um, a stronger impact on yeah, that, that experience. Cool. <laughs> so it talks about capsaicin. It talks about menthol. Yeah. You can so, imagine so, so a few so I other things question too. Is, would
0: would would they have like a a fan with a menthol mister, right? A Mr. Menthol? Mr. Menthol. <laughs> Didn't that get the uh, cigarette industry in trouble in the 70s and 80s? Uh, it may have. I, I don't know. Mr. Right? Blowing it on you because the idea is you walk into a space and you start feeling cold. Uh, the, the the question is the chemical reaction, how fast would it turn on and off? I mean, you, you would need a mister that could negate the effect quickly, right? And so right. would you then blow um, – the, uh, what I can never say the word capsin, cap, capsaicin, capstace, capsaicin, capsaicin, capsaicin onto the player to offset it. And if you did too much, now you're on fire.
1: <laughs> well, you, you might be, I mean, depending on what it is, you know, a little bit of Carolina Reaper on you. You're, you're definitely not going to be wanting to, uh, <laughs> to touch your eyes or your nose anytime or soon anything. with that stuff. Right. Yeah. So. So, I think it's a combo play between the touch and the skin and mm-hmm. what you might smell, right? So, yes. you and I both heard this piece on public radio earlier this week, um, and and I, I know my mind went immediately to Smell-O-Vision oh, yes. uh, before they even said it, and I didn't realize that Smell-O-Vision – uh, was a real thing. Oh, in that's movie what it was theaters. called for real, and yes. that was what it was called. It, I mean, I knew about it, right? I knew about 4D movies where you might get squirted with some water. You know, yeah, we and,
0: we, we, we did that, I guess, at, at Epcot or Disney or, yeah. or one of those Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. It was Universal Studios because it was um, the Shrek ride, right? And and they squish little water at you, and had a little yeah, smell or
1: or the 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 seat moves, or there's something okay. that rustles near your feet or something. Um, so, anyway, the, the notion here is that there is a company uh, out of Vermont called OVR Technology. And what they do is they have a cartridge. And that cartridge has a whole bunch of different smells in it. And depending upon what you experience in a virtual world, a smell is triggered. Apparently, you would have to imagine it's going to bl- you know have a it's, fan or a disbursement mechanism, too.
0: It's scratch-a-sniff without the scratch. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, which right. if you remember, the old Zork games right not zork but leather goddess of phobos had had a scratch and sniff card in in the booklet
1: we've mentioned that before i actually have it up on the shelf and every so often i do smell one does of this still two, work two, three. oh yeah i mean it's, it's 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 less smelly i guess now you know you well, gotta it scratch pizza. Harder. pizza was the great yeah. smell yeah well i didn't think it was that good actually i've had good well, pizza before and that wasn't it
0: well considering where you find it i was so glad it was pizza Yeah, well, anywho, (laughs) this is a
1: neat, neat thing because it's taken a uh, group of of experts from the perfume industry and applied them in a novel way to create, again, more immersive experiences. So you can imagine if you're rushing into a burning building uh, in a game, you might smell fire and smoke you'll feel it from the capsaicin on your skin you might hear the gunshots whizzing past you and then the guns gunpowder as well all kinds of interesting you know more and more immersive experiences can be you know played out in this sort of thing but there there comes some drawbacks right a few yes Right. For for example, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. now now if you're in a particular space that you share with other people, it could be like, oh, you know, that used to be just the noise of the uh, whatever it was of that the you're the person doing. playing the game. Now right? it could be the smell, now it could be, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> other things get spread Why around. Why is it so and, hot
0: and stinky in here? Yeah, it's <laughs> I like oh, playing come video on. games. Oh, wait. A minute. Exactly. <laughs> Like you were. Yeah. You were. But, well, the other interesting thing is, and, and and they talk about this from a smell-o-vision perspective, right? The fact that the, um, the smells linger. Smells linger, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They take a while to dissipate. And that was one of the big problems with smell-o-vision was it would just get muddy smell-wise over time because unless you have a really, really good circulation it wasn't clearing out. And I'm wondering how well it would work with something like this cartridge, right? If, if it is literally in the goggles, right? Yeah. You've got the VR goggles on. Um, you would need such a small, small amount to get it into the nostrils of the person playing that environment that it may not be very overpowering and, and and uh cause a problem for the other people in the room or at least in the space. Uh but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they address that. The mm-hmm. the, the leakage, the smell leakage. Um but still yeah, cool. The, right? the secondhand smell. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, as long as it's not menthol, and uh, it might be too immersive in the end too. I mean, as you're approaching a level of reality like this, I mean, we we are getting closer and closer to that proverbial holodeck.
0: Well, um, you ha- well, yeah, that's the challenge, right? The uncanny valley when it comes to just visual mm-hmm. is already disturbing enough. Yeah. When do you get the uncanny valley of smell? The uncanny valley of touch? Where where Instead of it being an enjoyable game or virtual experience or augmented experience, it becomes back to the creepy zone. Right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, speaking yeah, of Uncanny, uh, really, really, yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. Thank you, Mike. So we have a link here from something that our friend EPRED, Ian, had found and, and I thought was interesting about Audi. Including VR experiences in their vehicles. And I didn't have a chance to go back and look, but we had a, a, an example of like rear seat entertainment for. your passengers that could play games uh, as you were on a longer car trip, for example. And that's kind of what this reminded me of. Um, You see a passenger, which made me feel good because it it was not a driver. driver. This was not an augmented reality. (laughs) I mean, uh, um, it, it wasn't an autonomous vehicle kind of thing. But what uh audi was imagining here is that the car's movement so i guess there's an accelerometer in there could be then translated into the game experience and uh, there's an interesting press release with at least a couple of pictures about what they're expecting here in terms of some goggles and some ways of how uh this may be operational in what they're calling the hollow ride h-o-l-o ride
0: yeah and, and and i seem to remember that <sighs> Was it two or three years ago where Audi first showed the concept at CES? Um, and and what's interesting now is it's actually it's going to roll out at South by Southwest, which was this week, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Um, and uh, you know you'll be able to get it in your Audi vehicles this summer, right? So this is this is coming. This is not. Boy, this is a cool concept from a couple of years ago at CES. Uh, this is now available and for purchase in vehicles coming out this summer. The other thing that was really interesting looking at, uh, you know, the the entire automotive industry is on a very aggressive path towards electrification, right? And while most people see that as EVs or electrical vehicles, it's really about changing the underlying technology of the vehicle as a whole so enabling something like this VR experience in a vehicle becomes much easier because you've changed the entire entire electrical system of the vehicle itself and n- instead of going to the traditional canban right mm-hmm. which was or sorry the can bus, uh, which was the car area network bus, you're actually setting up many, many networks and computers in the system of the vehicle that can start communicating better with each other. Uh, and so if you're doing a VR experience where you want any feedback with what's going on on the road or around the vehicle itself, that electrification of the entire Infrastructure of an individual vehicle has become possible now because those types of games, those types of experience, has be, have become possible. Um, I, I did find it interesting the goggles that they show um, are, are <laughs> talking about you know bug eyed aliens. Uh, the I've not seen those goggles before, right? I haven't seen those uh, that headset before, uh, but they. They are prominent. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I do like the fact that it is rear seat only. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not even passenger front seat. It is rear seat only, uh, which is important. Again, for that, you know, this is not something that the driver is going to be doing, uh, which, again, is enabled by the change to the electrified vehicle right the whole electrical systems of the vehicle because now you can triangulate the position of the person in the vehicle itself so it's bluetooth low energy it's the change of the architecture of the vehicle itself all these things coming together to change the experience and now instead of let's count you know license plates from different cities states or countries. You can have the, the people in the back seat actually, you know, maybe play Elder, you know, Elven Ring or whatever, or whatever right? Or World of Warcraft. <laughs> Fully immersive.
1: Uh, that, you know, that could, be, that could be fun too. And when you think about the unused compute capacity in a vehicle, you know, you could offload some of that from the headset itself to spare capacity in the vehicle to improve things like, uh, the video experience or the, you know, the, you're just taking full advantage of the comp compute capability. Yeah. Uh, super, super intriguing. And there's a couple examples around, uh, Marvel and, uh, uh, the example of uh, time travel in Salzburg looking for a young Mozart. So there's yeah. some intriguing it, it, things th- here. Think
0: about it. You've taken the, the, um the virtual rides at a lot of modern amusement parks where you literally mm-hmm. just sit in a big room that has some motion and you've put it on wheels <laughs> and you can, like I said, take advantage of the experience around outside of the vehicles and change the gameplay.
1: Very cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're getting close on time. So a couple of touches. Uh, one from Hypebeast about uh, the HSBC Bank uh, entering the metaverse, enter the metaverse, uh, mm-hmm. with a partnership with The Sandbox. Um, and it's I, I like did a little the bit Sandman. Of, Yeah, a little bit like that. I I did take a look at the sandbox in a little bit more detail. Um, It is a land-based kind of construct. You build things on land that you can own, buy, sell, trade, uh, and then you can host events and do all kinds of fun stuff here too. Um, In the pre-show, Michael, you and I were just talking about how many large enterprises are are looking to stake out some space and claim in these kind of places. And um, it's intriguing what you can do. Very Minecraft uh, reminiscent. Reminiscent uh, as well a second as life even before that? Very <laughs> even before that with second life, exactly. Yeah. Before that with and, active worlds? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the past is the future is the past is the future, right? Um, it,
0: it, it's almost a ring.
1: Yes, something like that. Like an that. Elden ring. Yeah, so so let's chat about that for a moment before time expires. Uh, yeah. Why don't you set up this gameplay experience? Yeah, this
0: this this was so interesting. and I'll try to do it very quickly. So um, the big game right now is Elden Ring, right? Uh, and evidently, one of the one of the gameplay mechanics, which I would not like, but it's key evidently, is you have your own world and you do your adventuring in your world. But one of the options is. You can go from your world to somebody else's world and invade their world, uh, and you, you know, have a victory by going into that world and killing the person in that world. Okay, that's the mechanic. Now, uh, so that's a PvP or player versus pa- player environment. So what's happened is um, in this story, a person gets notified when somebody invades their world, and this player saw that happen immediately killed a very prominent NPC, or non-player character, dressed up like them, and then exercised the role of that NPC, which is literally walking back and forth on this one part of the road. Just walking back and forth. Uh, And and he did it in such a way that he held a torch alight. So now the invader comes in, and he's looking for the player, and he's looking on the map, and he's seeing the compass, and he's seeing everything about him. And he can't find him because he just sees this one NPC going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And eventually he gives up. He gives up and he leaves. And at that point, by leaving, you've lost. You've, you've forfeited your invasion. So you've got a loss. I thought this was a brilliant story in changing the rules of the game, right? You have a, a game mechanic that says PvP is always available. It's done by invading somebody else's world and killing them. Uh, And sometimes the best way to play the game is to not play the game. So when you're being invaded, the natural reaction is to go fight the other player and kill him off. You stop whatever you're doing, fight the player, kill him off or die. Game, right? Game set match. Uh, I I love this. I thought this was so funny. You actually had a, different perspective on how they could have won, right? How the invader could have won, which I wouldn't have done, because I don't do invasion.
1: Yeah, well, I it, the, it was a little bit strangely set up here. I, I was imagining the invader comes in, takes out the NPC, and then dresses like the NPC and wanders around that way. So which that is that actually way defender, kind of a cool way of doing it too, right? That the defender of the territory be like, where's this new guy? Where is he? Where is he? What's going on? And, and he would just be there and, you know... <laughs> That feels like a fun, practical joke. So for, for those of you who need something fun to do on April 1st, you know, you're welcome. Um, but... <laughs> but you know, uh, thinking about a business characteristic of this sort of gameplay and game experience. I mean, if you are in a sandbox or the sandbox, you probably want to attract people to your spaces and you probably want to do something for them or with them or create a common experience. So uh, to me, there's, there's intriguing elements of this gameplay that certainly do fit in a business world. And there might be ways of now, of. Uh, enticing folks to come to your space and to not just give them uh, an article of clothing you know here's some merch for you a branded (laughs) hat or some other nft or something you know but there might be ways of saying hey we're building you know this big stadium um come build it with us right you know and and we will have a portion of it reserved to give credit to all the people who contributed or we'll do other things like that so community building is certainly a big part all right, well, I think that's where we need to leave it for today, given the time that we have. Uh, come on back next time, next week. We'll uh, hopefully get the time zones you know, all worked out to everyone's advantage. And uh, we'll love to see you again next time on GamesAtWork.biz.biz.
0: See ya. Bye. You've been listening to gamesatwork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network. And we'd like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz.